Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there and welcome to a brand new Arsecast right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Hope you find you well, an action-packed show to come, I promise you. And we're into the second week of the new season and so far, this team, I know people have their doubts about it, this team is unbeaten. Yeah, get your head around that while you're screaming for signings and new goalkeepers and defenders and all that. Unbeaten so far this season. Uh, On this week's show... We'll be talking to the man from East Lower about everything that's been going on. Um, Also, Tim Payton from the AST will be here to discuss the Arsenal fan share to explain exactly what it is, how you can get involved, what it aims to achieve, and and all that kind of stuff. Some questions you might have about it. Well, not that you might have, but some questions that I had about it that I asked him and he answered. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Tony Adams is here with some poetry and other bits and pieces along the way as well. So the Liverpool game, hey? Hmm. That was interesting because, I, of course, I watched with the Mug Smasher after last week, and he did uh, very kindly say that Liverpool were, were going to win, ensuring, of course, that Liverpool didn't. Um, and it was all very even in the first half. Well, I thought Arsenal had the better of it. And then, of course, Joe Cole got sent off. And you might remember the Mug Smasher talking about Joe Cole last week. He, he said this. I hate the little fucker, to be honest. And I have to tell you, that his opinion of Joe Cole was not changed in any way by his first-half performance, nor indeed his sending off uh, for the foul on uh, Laurent Koscielny. And how nice was it to see not only Joe Cole being sent off and holding his hands to his big mongy head, that was very nice to see, but nice to see one of our players being taken off on a stretcher. Now, bear with me. I know we're all used to seeing our players being taken off on stretchers, but coming back out for the second half. Perhaps, perhaps, Arsene Wenger has found a player, and I don't want to jinx him, I'm going to touch wood here and and touch my head and cross my toes and lucky feet and rabbit's things and all that, but perhaps he's found a player that's slightly, just barely, a little bit resistant to injury. This is a very new thing for an Arsenal player. Perhaps it can't be taught, but maybe just by being around him, some of his resistance might rub off on the other players. Like injury nits, if you get what I'm saying. I wasn't expecting to see him, and I was going, well, Song is going to have to come on, and he's not really fit, but he'll play centre-half, and then what are we going to do for centre-half? For, oh, it's so oh, it's terrible. The first game of the season, his, his Arsenal career is probably over. And there he was, out for the second half. Of course, he got a ridiculous red card late in the game, but what a debut he had. What a debut. Fouled by Big Mongy Head, 
taken off on a stretcher, comes back out, and then gets sent off himself. And in between that, played some quite good football indeed. I was impressed, I have to say. But the mug smasher... I hate the little fucker, to be honest. Honestly, he tried to invent new swear words when Cole was sent off. He also tried to invent new swear words when we scored our equalising goal. I should point that out, too. He was quite unhappy, given the lateness of its arrival and the manner in which it arrived. He was adamant there was a foul on the goalkeeper. I said, there wasn't. He said, there was. I said, no, there was no foul on the goalkeeper. There was. No, no, there was no foul on the goalkeeper. Watch it again. I have watched it. There was a foul. Eventually, he accepted that there was no foul. I said, well, do you not think Reina, if he had been fouled, would be standing there going, excuse me, referee, uh, that, that chappy there with the silly hair, he fouled me. So he had to give up at that point. I think it was just a disappointment at conceding a late equaliser, um, having been ahead for so long with ten men. And it's, all, uh, it's often difficult to play against ten men, as we found. And you know us. We're a bit lacking in, you know, penetration sometimes. We're like a monkey with no dick getting up on another monkey with no hole. I think I should probably work on my metaphors before I uh, start recording. Lots of other stuff happened this week, but rather than me explain it to you, I thought it would be better to do it in a much quicker way. Uh, sort of a roundup, if you will. So here's uh, Internet Joe. Oh, I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Go to Anfield. No stisk. <laughs> Joe Cole. God, what the fuck was that? We're shy. We're never going to score. Bingaroo. <laughs> Reina, the future of cock-ups, more like. Ah, that's never a red card, ref. Nasri's injured. We are still shares. Where's our new keeper? Who the cock and bollocks is Grilacci? Frimpon! And to be honest, I think that kind of sums everything up very nicely. So, uh, to discuss all those things and more, uh, it's time to welcome for the first time this season the man from East Lower. Uh, greetings of the new season to you, sir. And to you too. Hope you're well. I am. Thank you very much indeed. Same goes. Um, let, let's start by talking about injuries because that seems to be the theme of uh, the moment. Samir Nasri is out for a month and, and everybody's kind of going, oh, no, not Nasri is out for a month. But nobody's that surprised, are they? No. No, not really. Not, not uh, given last season's uh, uh, lengthy list of injuries. But I suppose you could say, you know, it's only a month. And a, and a month uh, compared to, I mean, a month is just your average uh, sort of toenail clip for Abu, Abu Dhabi, isn't it? Mm. It's, uh, <laughs> it? It's really not that bad. And it's early season. Uh, I, I just, you know, a month, hopefully it's, it's no more than that. But uh, yeah, we do seem to be stricken with these things. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, if a guy gets injured in a tackle in a game, there's not really an awful lot you can do about that. It's one of the, it's part of the business, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, I, 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 as you say, it's kind of compounded by the fact that we had such a terrible season for injuries, and uh, who knows what might have might have been last year had we not been so stricken. Um, so it's really frustrating that uh, you want to start with a clean slate, and really the slate's still a bit, still a bit dirty. But mm. it, it's only a month, and and you know, hopefully. Hopefully that'll be that. Mm. A longer term injury was announced yesterday, and that's Emmanuel Frimpong who is going to be out for six to nine months. A terrible injury for the young man because he made a, a bit of an impact in pre-season. Uh, he's done his cruciate uh, ligaments in his knee. But what's interesting to me 
is the fact that Arsene Wenger has described this as a massive blow. This is a, a boy that's never played a first-team game for us. And it's, you know, it's interesting to me that uh, I've watched some of the reaction to it online in the comments, in, in various blogs and on Twitter and Facebook and all this kind of stuff. And people are, are absolutely distraught by this injury. But it's a player that, uh, that hasn't played for us, not one league game. Do we get a little bit too precious about injuries? Are we too wrapped up in, in believing that we're, we're struck down by injuries all the time? Because, you know, Frimpong, with the best one in the world, was only ever going to be a fringe player this season. Well, maybe it's because it came a day after Nasri's one, but uh, I think you're. I mean, I think you're right. Frimpong, he's done really well in preseason, but he's 18, is he? Or yeah, he's mm. pretty young, and uh, and doing well in preseason is no guarantee of anything, quite honestly. Um, and he's got, I, I don't know. He, he he may have played a few games, and certainly would have played Carling and what have you. But really, to expect someone that young, with that limited experience, to have come in and uh, taken the place by storm, I think it's probably a bit much. So yeah, I feel sorry for him because. He was making a big breakthrough and he would have felt really confident. But I don't really know how much uh, effect it's going to have on on uh, on our season as a as a whole. I'm, you know, yeah. maybe when I said it's a it's a huge blow, it, he, he just means it's for a huge blow for him. I don't, I don't know really. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, if you were going to have to pick an injury, um, not being cruel, but if you were going to have to pick an injury, you'd pick someone who was uh, not quite as, in, you know, a non-sesque kind of a player, wouldn't you really? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. That's it. You know, and, and perhaps, maybe I'm being a little too cynical here, but Frimpong's abilities as a player will um, become mythical during his time out injured. Do you know what I mean? That that tends to happen, that we, we tend to build these guys up when they're missing. Um, uh, not maybe taking into account that he looked kind of out of his depth when we played Legia Warsaw. The training games that we played in the Emirates Cup, and that's let's be fair, that's all they were, training games. Uh, he looked very good in them, uh, but you know, still only eighteen. So I don't know. Maybe we're. I mean, uh, I think it's 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 sad when you've got someone who does make a bit of a breakthrough and can expect to play some games, and but you know he was never going to be uh, the missing piece in the Arsenal jigsaw this season. So uh, mm. you know, really, um, I just hope it, you know, hope he gets better quicker. But I don't really think it's going to make a big difference to our to our year. No, I don't think so either. And especially when a lot of people have been talking about going out and signing uh, a defensive midfield player anyway. Anyway, let's move on from that and go to Anfield uh, on Sunday. 1-1 draw. For you, was that a missed opportunity or on the face of things, a, a decent point at the end of the day? I think the latter. It was weird because when, when the game ended, I was a little frustrated and I, and I thought, oh, you know, we, we same old Arsenal fancy footwork in, you know, in front of the, of the defence, but not not really hurting them too much. And there is an element of that. But at the same time, um, in the, you know, in the cold light of day, I think it was a good result. It's very, it's never an easy place to go, even when Liverpool, uh, you know, um, in down in the dumps, it, it's not. So um, I think it's a good start to the season. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at all disappointed with it, to be honest. Mm. And what did you make of the two new boys? Uh, Shamak looked to struggle a little bit up front because, uh, you know, he's playing against two fairly physical centre-halves. And I think that's going to be... Uh, I think that's going to be a, a challenge for him. But Koscielny at the back, I think, will have calmed a, a few nerves that people might have had about him. Yeah, I, th I thought he. Well, I thought he's looked pretty good all pre-season. Um, I mean, I know the Warsaw game was a bit weird on on lots of levels, but I mean, really, he was good. He was good against Liverpool. I thought he um, 
he's he's very strong. He, you know, he likes he likes to tackle. He he looks like a really good little player, and it's probably too early to judge him. But I, I'm really pleased with what I've seen so far, and uh, he's definitely <laughs> um, ahead of Juru, I would say at the moment. Mm. Yeah, uh, for Shamak, you know, like you say, Shamak, I think uh, he's always going to have a tough uh, debut doing what he was doing. So uh, you know, in the end, he he got um, some credit for for the for equaliser. And what a funny equaliser it was. That's terrific. Man. All, all, <laughs> goals, all goals are good. It was one of those weekends, though, for goalkeeping situations. As Our goalkeeping situation is still up in the air. There were plenty of mistakes. I think had uh, one of our keepers made a mistake like Rain is, and let's face it, we know they're capable of it. Mm-hmm. And it would have been very difficult. But what, um, Schwarzer, Schwarzer, Mark Schwarzer, still on the radar. And news emerged yesterday that we've <laughs> we've had a second bid rejected by Fulham but it was exactly the same bit as the first time. Um, um, <laughs> Just in case they forgot, I think that's yeah. all. Yeah, we'll, tr- we'll chance our arm here. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going on there. I must, I must say, I, I, I really don't, because you would, you would have thought that it would be relatively straightforward to sign a player who wants to leave. He's handed in a transfer request he, as well. Well, yeah, he's handed in a transfer request. He says he wants to leave. And if we want him, I mean, where you know, where is the hold-up? Unless it's... Um, Unless it's Fulham who are being, you know, intransigent until they find someone new, I find it all a bit weird. It's gone on this long, and and um, it's pretty clear that we do need a new keeper. Come on, and we've been speaking about it for so bloody long. But uh, I, I don't know what's going on. Why is it taking so long? It's, it's a mis- it's a mystery to me. It really is. Could it could it be that we're looking elsewhere, or we we don't just have our irons in that particular fire? You know, there's the the Shea given situation. If if you were given the choice tomorrow between mm-hmm. Given and Schwarzer, who would you take? I think uh, I think I'd probably take Given, but um, but I think both are good keepers. To be honest, but I think Schwartz has had a lot a, a lot of negative press. I say press, but you know, a lot, lot of negative comments um, over the summer from uh, you know on Twitter and stuff. And but uh, I've I've spoken to a couple of Fulham uh, fans, and uh, they say he's very solid, very good, and I think he would be a step up from what we've got. And really, that's what we need. So mm. what what I don't really understand is why we're you know. If it's true, that is why we're haggling over such a small amount of money when we're supposed to be cash rich. I don't really understand that, but uh, maybe there's something. Maybe they're looking elsewhere. I don't know. I would say it's got to happen. It can't just can't keep dragging on and on and on. I mean, obviously, it can only carry on another ten days anyway. But why is it taking this long? I don't mm. know. I, well, I mean, you have to wonder how serious we are about it. I mean, those are the conclusions that you draw, don't you? When you see these stories, you draw these conclusions that we're not really serious about it. We haven't gone out and, and made a statement of intent by going to try and sign this player or or do this. Um, but, of course, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, no, that's very Arsenal as well. Mm. I mean, we never find... We, we very rarely um, know much about what's going on until it happens, and, and they never comment sort of midway through something going on either. So... Mm. That just adds fuel to the fire, but um, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would, I'm still confident we will get a keeper in. It looks likely to be him, but um, who knows? It, it, it's, it, I'd, I'd be really, really upset if it got to the, you know, the, the transfer window closing and nothing had happened. Though that, that I would really struggle to understand. That with goalkeeper in particular, I, would you be expecting more than a goalkeeper to arrive before the end of the transfer window? Uh, I'd say it's the most important position to fill. Um, if we've got Juru and Kuznielki, who I still can't pronounce, um, <laughs> and Vermaelen, who I just about can, uh, I think three is not quite enough there, is it? But no. uh, if you had to pick, if I had to pick between only one, I would say goalie, right? First and foremost, but you know, you, you'd 
We've had signals all from Wenger himself saying we're short in that department all summer. So, yeah, you, you really sh- should be thinking of one of each, but um, time is running out, isn't it? It is a bit. Uh, let's very quickly look ahead to the Blackpool game. Um, how much do you know about Blackpool? Are you expecting them to be able to pull off any kind of a, a whole city type result against us? I don't think so, no. Um, I, I really I really don't think so. Uh, that was a spectacular start for them, brilliant start. Um, and nobody could have foreseen that, I suspect. But really, you've got to be expecting a, a, a good win for Arsenal. And, hmm. They were uh, slightly helped by Wigan being absolutely shite. Well, they? that's right. You know, And uh, I mean, I think um, at home, first game of the season, I just can't see anything but that. And, you know, a good Arsenal win. I, I can't see it. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope not. <laughs> All right, man from East Lower, thank you very much indeed. No problem. Cheers. The man from East Lower can be found at www.eastlower.co.uk. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, if you haven't already got it on your reading list, uh, do put it on because it's well worth it. Uh, before we go and talk to Tim Payton from the AST, here's Tony. Hello, everyone. Tony Adams here with another poem on the Arscast. This week... My poem is about Arsenal's newest injured hero, Emmanuel Frimpong. It is entitled Frimmy, and it goes a little bit like this. Oh, Frimpong, you're going to be out for so long. Got no cover for Alex's song. It's all gone, Pete Tong. And that means wrong, but not as wrong as if you gone. Tim Westwood Pete Tong means you've hurt your knee Tim Westwood means your legs would have fallen off That's not rhyming slang It's just that Tim Westwood is a cunt Thank you very much More from Tony as the weeks go on Now one of the big things that happened this week Apart from players getting injured Was the launch of the Arsenal Fan Share Scheme Put together by the AST It allows Arsenal fans a chance to buy shares or or parts of shares, so that all those parts of shares 
uh, add up into one share and and then you get the benefits of being a shareholder and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But here to explain a little bit more about it is Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Tim. Hi there. Tell us a little bit about uh, what exactly Arsenal Fanshare is and, and what it does for supporters. Arsenal Fanshare is an affordable way for Arsenal supporters to invest in the club, to have their own part of a share in Arsenal Football Club. With that comes the chance of all of us as supporters to influence the club and safeguard its values and spirit for the future. It also sends a message to the other shareholders within Arsenal and the wider football community that we think plurality of ownership at Arsenal is what has kept it strong and healthy for a long time. And by having small supporters involved in increasing numbers, it will make sure we can be a check and balance on the club so that the long-term future of the club is protected for us all to enjoy. How exactly did this come about? Because obviously the the, uh, the ownership situation at the club has been complicated, uh, particularly in the last two or three years. Um, how did this come about and was it easy to get up uh, and running off the ground? You say you've got the support of all the, uh, the four major shareholders. Um, it must have taken some work to get this going. It's taken quite a lot of work. It's been about five years in the in the planning and implementing stage and it really came about the Arsenal Supporters Trust wants to increase ownership, representation and influence for supporters in the club through more supporters holding equity and through bringing together those supporters who do hold shares so we're a more powerful group. And one of the challenges at Arsenal has been as the share price has risen to towards £10,000, it makes it very difficult for the ordinary fan to get involved. So the brilliance of this scheme is it splits the share down into 100 fan shares and allows people to get involved, have their first fan share from approximately £100. And although that's not the exact equivalent of a share, you will get the opportunity to go into a ballot to attend the AGM. You will get each year your own vote on the club's resolutions and policy decisions, which is then collated with every other fan share member and applied at the AGM. You will get the chief executive shareholder email update that Ivan Gazidis sends out, and you will, in effect, be a part owner of Arsenal Football Club. It's taken a long time, a lot of planning. We've required the support, particularly, I think, of Danny Fisman and Stan Kroenke in the board. Ivan Gazidis has been an absolute champion of this. I think we've all seen how he's tried to change the way Arsenal talks to its fans and involves everybody. And, you know, we've now got a fair wind and, and we've introduced it. And the even better news, you mentioned Red and White Holdings or Usmanov. They have said they support the scheme, as does Lady Nina. And there's a powerful message in what we've achieved this week, which is, you know, to get everybody at Arsenal talking about a stable ownership position and a position that involves supporters. The shares that are, are taken up by Arsenal fans in this fan share thing, they're existing Arsenal shares, they're not new shares. That's right. At the moment, we will just be buying shares in the marketplace. So the money from those shares will go to the person who sells. Um, As we do that, though, of course, what we're doing is keeping shares in the hands of supporters and opening them up. Because as we buy one share, we're introducing up to 100 people to an involvement in that share. Mm. If we're successful and if lots of people join, our war chest will grow. And then certainly we might in future go to the club and talk about issuing a few more shares or go and talk to one of the major shareholders and say, would you sell us some of your shares to help keep the scheme um, healthy and strong? And given the support they've given to us now, I think we'd have productive conversations. But let, let's get that let's get that challenge by getting lots of members and making ourselves strong. Sure. And, and people can pay £100 and buy, you know, one one hundredth of a share. Um, can they spend more than that if they want to? 
Yeah, actually, the idea, really, the ideal way to invest would be a small amount each month and to keep going with your investment. So in effect, when you reach about £100, what will happen is that £100 is converted across into a fan share. But then as you keep saving, you get a second fan share and so on. So you increase your proportion of a full share. The long-term aim, we'd hope, is that people save towards 100 fan shares. And when they reach that point, you, in effect, become the equivalent of a full shareholder within our scheme. At that point, you get the guaranteed right to attend the AGM with your share, as other shareholders do, and you get the full voting right to exercise on that share. So the long-term aim is build towards 100 and be like a shareholder. But on your way to getting there, on your way to getting there, you get many of the benefits straight away rather than if you just saved into your own account. It's going to take you many years, and during that time, you're not playing a part. What What happens if after um, uh, investing, you know, uh, because one share is essentially £10,000, as we say, if at some point um, you want to sell that, is that possible for people who are involved in this, or does all the uh, money invested stay within the fan share? No, if you, if, you, if you need to leave the fan share for any reason, then you sell your fan share units on the market or rather back into the scheme and you get the value of those units at the time. So I would stress it is, a, it is an investment you should make for custodian reasons for being involved in the club, but it is a financial investment where you know, your money may go up a bit or down a bit, but you will get the value of your fan shares back when you leave. So right. it's, it's good news. It's not like buying a ticket where the money's gone at the end of the 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, what about critics who will say, well, look, you're going to have to get uh, so many people involved in this for it to make a a real difference. Do you have a specific goal in mind? Do you want to have a certain percentage or a certain amount of people involved in this? Um, and realistically, um, you know, how long is it going to take for the fan share uh, to get into a position where it can make a real difference? It's a good question. I think at one level, we make a difference now. I mean, we chat occasionally, and I think your listeners will know of some of the success that the Arthur Supporters Trust has had in holding the club to account in analysing the results as we get more members, we'll get stronger. I don't want to set any targets. Every person who joins, and already hundreds are signing up, is one more person who owns a part of Arsenal, and that is a that is a, a fantastic message. But it's like all of these things, particularly football is about teamwork, and supporters are about teamwork. And if everyone, if all the people who support Arsenal put a little bit in, we will make a major difference. And over you know one, two, three years, that's what we intend to do. How has the reaction been? I mean, obviously, we, we saw the the, uh, the launch of it um, yesterday or on, on Wednesday, and, and the website was down, um, simply unreachable because so many people were looking for it, which is a great reaction, I suppose. Unfortunate, of course, because people want to read about it, but uh, that, that's a short-term problem. Has there been good reaction from, uh, let's say, other supporters groups or other uh, Premier League clubs to this? Uh, this? Oh, there's been, there's, there's been a fantastic reaction. We've had organisations like the Chief Executive of UEFA talk about this being a great model for the future of fans' involvement in football. We've had the sports minister, we've had the Premier League, we've had many of the leading media commentators endorse it. There are, you can imagine that you know supporters groups of places like Liverpool and Manchester United are really very jealous at the opportunity Arsenal fans have not only to be involved in our club, but the way that our club runs itself so we don't end up in the situation they're facing of, you know, all of the money now going into paying off debts and the future looking very unstable. So, you know, my message to all of your listeners, all of my fellow Arsenal fans, is while we've got this opportunity, it's really precious. 
we're the only big club in England with this opportunity. Let's absolutely keep it and make it work for us. All right, Tim. Uh, brilliant. It's a, it's a great scheme. Congratulations to uh, everyone at the AST for getting it up and running. Thank you. And, um, and hopefully it all goes well. Thanks very much. Thank you. You can find more information on the website, which is arsenalfanshare.com. That's arsenalfanshare.com. In the first couple of days, the website was uh, up and down a bit because of the amount of traffic going to it. It wasn't able to handle it. But I think all those issues are sorted out now. So there's all kinds of information on the website, FAQs, etc., etc. One thing I should mention, of course, is that if you're an overseas fan, it becomes a, a little bit difficult to get involved just at this moment in time because you do need a UK bank account from which to make a direct debit to uh, to take part in the Arsenal fan share. Now, I know the the, uh, the AST and the people running the Arsenal fan share are very aware of the fact that there are overseas fans, like myself included, who would very much like to, uh, to take part in this, um, and they are working on it. So as soon as I get any more information about when the scheme is available uh, to overseas fans, I'll let you know on the blog. Uh, and on the Arscast, etc., etc. Right, before we look ahead to the Blackpool game and a bit of team news on that, here's a question for you. Which current Arsenal player had a hit in 1987 in the pop charts? Yes. Can't think, no? Give you a little hint. The song was called uh, Call Me. Yeah, you got it. That's right. Bakery Spania. The answer to your question is no, I won't ever. Stop making cheesy 80s pop music-related gags. I'm afraid you're just going to have to live with that. Looking ahead to the Blackpool game, and we could have four players back, uh, not just from injury. Alex Song was injured. He's back. Danielson was injured. He could well be back. Uh, Johan Juru, he was injured, and he'll be back and could very well start the game because of Koscielny's uh, suspension, ludicrous suspension because of the, uh, the red card he got at the end of the Liverpool game. Uh, and who else? Uh, did I say Danielson? Sesk is back. Uh, whether or not he starts remains to be seen. Arsene Wenger says uh, about Sesk and Van Persie, they only came back on August 5th and you need three to four weeks preparation if you want to do well. Uh, the other uh, injuries, of course, Nicholas Bentner, long-term Nasri, we know about Emmanuel Frimpong, and, uh, of course, uh, Aaron Ramsey, who's out for uh, a little while yet with the broken leg. Uh, Blackpool. Well, I don't know an awful lot about Blackpool. I know that Marlon Harewood plays with them, and Marlon Harewood looks like... I don't know if any of you ever played a video game called Abe's Odyssey or Abe's Exodus. Marlon Harewood looks like the kind of the, the bosses of the factory, that you have to go around saving these little creature guys and doing all this weird chanting and stuff like that. So it's a good game. You should try it. But the... Uh, the bosses, Marlon Harewood looks like one of them. Or they look like Marlon Harewood. I, I, I don't know which. He plays for them and they play in orange and they won their first game 4-0 against Wigan at Wigan. Now, Wigan were terrible. Really, really terrible. If you thought we couldn't defend, then think again. Because we can. Maybe not very well at times, but, you know, Wigan really can't defend. But 4-0... 
Uh, and we know what it's like playing against teams that have just been promoted. Hull City came to the Emirates, and, uh, yeah, we rather took them for granted and ended up on the uh, the, uh, the end of a 2-1 score. But that was, of course, uh, a lot to do with a, a man from Hull who was taunting his family, saying that Arsenal were going to win by X amount of goals, and that was all his fault, really. So I hope we don't underestimate the opposition. I don't think that will be uh, the case. You would have to hope, of course, as well, that Arsenal have rather too much for Blackpool. First home game of the season, uh, a nice convincing win would do wonders for everybody. Uh, while we wait for all those delicious signings to happen, any time now, just wait, waiting, I think one could happen now. Just what I'm, I've got a feeling it's going to happen now. No, not now, but maybe in the next little while. So, uh, fingers crossed, we have a good weekend. Score some goals. Continue our unbeaten run. Remember, unbeaten. This team is unbeaten so far this season. Majestic form. I don't know how anyone can deny that. So uh, here's to a good win at the weekend. And uh, I'll talk to you on the blog. And of course, all next week on the blog. And of course, on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, my name is George, and uh, this week I've been mostly looking at the Arsenal franchise scheme. Seems to me that only a club as classy as Arsenal could do something like this. At a time when finances are tight for everybody, the economic climate is its like, well, like the Irish climate, grey and pretty shite. And the world of football is in a state of chassis. To come up with a thing like the Arsenal fanshare is remarkable. And I want to give my thanks and praise and holy moments to everyone that came up with it. And I'm already taking part. This morning I went out with my brother, Malachi, and we got ourselves an Arsenal fan. And later on, oh, we're going to share him all night long. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.